Hey, hey, we are back. Welcome to Crime Pursuit Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bounds, along with Jackie Vest, Heather France, and Paige Royal. And we have a new pursuit. Jackie, what we got going on? Well, this case takes us all the way back near Baltimore in 1996, where 23-year-old college student Jody LeCornu was shot in her car. She was shot through her back, actually, and murdered. This case is still unsolved, but her sister, her biological twin sister, has never given up speaking for her sister, Justice, her voice, telling her story and trying to get this case solved. Okay, so we have another one of those weird cases that um you know come to us uh, this is a 23 year old case that has not been solved and she's just you know just not getting the cooperation that she would like jenny would like to get from the police so tonight we have the sister of jody lacornu did i say that right yes okay great yes. And her sister is Jenny, and I believe this is her twin sister. Because mm-hmm. when I looked at the pictures back in the, you know, here a couple of weeks ago, I was like, wow, they are identical, identical. identical yes. twins. So, you know, if, if Jody would have been here today, she would look like what Jenny looks yes. like now. And so um, we have Jenny, because you're a married woman, you, you have a different yes. last name. It's not the LaCornu, right? Correct. Okay. It's Carreri. Okay. All right. Well, Jenny, welcome to the show. Um, Thank you. My team and I had several conversations with you, and we, um, it was a little difficult trying to figure this out, and, you know, because we didn't get a lot of uh, evidence, a lot of paperwork, because the case is what they would call uh, is still open. And when the investigation is still open, the police is not very cooperative of, you know, sending everything yes. over. So, so let's start well, just- from... Huh? So you know, they told me that her case, her files were sitting in a closet until I filed suit for the records, and then all of a sudden it became an open investigation. Just to clear that up. Okay. Wow. So let's let's start from the beginning, uh, when you and your sister was young, and you know what what type of person was Jody? Very kind, outgoing. She was definitely, she was two minutes older than I, you know, we were identical twins, heart of gold. Um, you know, we were inseparable growing up, always had the same room, same friends, same classes. And my parent, my mother would dress us alike all the time. Um, you know, I was definitely more the shy one and, and she was the, the one that, you know, was out there and and the strong one they called me jenny the wimp so she was um you know she was my older stronger sister you know two two minutes older but um i mean we were pretty much we were known as the twins you know we weren't known as you know i mean we were like one person you know our friends would be like the twins are coming over the twins are coming over and um just and she just you know was very like i said just kind to everybody would give you the shirt off her back okay okay so you guys uh did you still lived in the same city when you guys got older was you guys still hanging out anything like that i don't know how much detail you you want me to go into but we were uh separated as we got older 
um, I, I don't know if you want me to get into that part of it or get into we, we weren't living together at the time when she was killed. Oh, okay. I was just, you don't have to go into any detail. We were just talking about, you know, uh, was you guys living in the same city, you know? We grew like up. That. Yes, yes. And then uh, she was living with her boyfriend in Baltimore, and I had moved out of state. I was engaged, so we were not together, but we still talked on the phone every day. We came, you know, came to visit each other when we could. You know, when they had the landlines, we were constantly racking up phone bills. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so all of a sudden, a nightmare came. Let's talk about that. So, Jody was living with her boyfriend in Baltimore and taking classes at Towson State University. She was close to finishing up there, and she, for several years, worked went to school and she and her boyfriend got into a fight. They both struggled with alcohol and um, he, he didn't like her drinking. She was, you know, outgoing person. She liked to be at the local tavern, be with her friends. And he wanted her to be home drinking at home with him and so um, she had tried to stop. You know, she had she had terrible anxiety. She struggled with that, and it was just unfortunate that I believe that she was drinking to sort of cope with her anxiety. She felt that that was the way to cope with it, and it just actually makes fuels it, makes it worse. Um, so he got upset with her. It was the Thursday. Night, you know, they got into a, a fight that Friday morning, March 1st. But that night prior, he was upset because she had gone to the local tavern and he it was called the Mount Washington Tavern. And that morning, he told her not to come home. That, you know, maybe you should go to your parent, my parents' house for the weekend. They were in Annapolis, which was about 45 minutes away. And she went to work that day she was working at a bank at that time eastern savings bank and decided to go with her friends back to the mount washington tavern spent the evening there he was a teacher so there was a school dance that's where he was that evening and then came home and so after she was at the bar for the evening she left and went to they asked her to drive an employee home. Everything was very out of character for her that evening. She, like I said, she had a lot of anxiety. She used to say she was afraid she was going to get shot in Baltimore. She was terrified. Mm. I mean, she was afraid of her own closet. So um, for her to go, she was asked to drive one of the employees home. He was the one of the I don't I don't know exactly what his title was but he cleaned and did the floors and <laughs> helped you know Jan, probably like janitor type work and so she was asked to drive him home and she drove him home not that she n never would have not done anything for anybody but just that late at night for her to drive somebody home a male I, I, I just don't know that was number one issue that we thought was odd and then it was snowing that night and and she didn't like to drive in the snow but she ended up driving him home and stopping at a liquor store which was right down the street from the bar 
and bought a six pack of beer and went and sat in this parking lot, which was about two minutes from her house. It was called Caldor. It, w- it was a department store many years ago. And she sat there and now it's called the, it's on York Road in Towson, the Drum Castle Center. It's government buildings. And she sat there for a while and made several phone calls. Several, the ones that I know about her, she called back to the bar and talked to a manager and I believe one of the bartenders. And she also called a friend of hers who used to live with her, but did not actually speak to the friend, talk to the friend's boyfriend and had a two and a half minute conversation with him. So those are the those are the calls that that I know about. And so witnesses they tell us there were six witnesses that night. So there where she's sitting in front of this department store parallel is a gas station. Even though it was late at night, there were still people around. There was people at the gas station across the way York Road. There I, I believe it's five four or five lanes was a huge shopping center with a giant and a Boston market. So where she was sitting, witnesses saw an African-American male in a white BMW approach her vehicle. And they tell us that there was some sort of conversation. And at some point, she was shot from behind. He was standing in the back of the vehicle and shot through the back door. And the bullet went in through, through the door into her seat. And then the bullet severed her spine but she was able to drive it wasn't a straight shot out of the parking lot but she was able to get her way out of there and cross all the lanes of york road and go across the street into the giant parking lot and there was some of the witnesses were at the boston market and then from what i was told is that the somebody at the gas station called 911 and so she kept driving and she circled the lot, but he followed her and he sat at the beginning of the lot where she pulled in and waited for her, but she kept driving, circling the lot. And as soon as she stopped, she hit a curb or somehow she stopped. Witnesses saw him come up to her vehicle and reach in over her body and put her car in park and take something out of her car and he was just very slow not in a hurry and got back into his car and and slowly drove out of the parking lot and made a right on york road and then a white a right on walker avenue so you said he took his time and that's what that that's that's what's concerning to me uh this guy that lets me know jackie that this guy was comfortable in this area yes because if he was out of area uh uncharted waters unfamiliar territory he would have never took his time exactly so when did you find out when did i find out yes that uh so it was march 2nd it was my parents she died on march 2nd it was my parents wedding anniversary so i was living with my fiance and they called him they wanted him they didn't want to be me to be by myself i had tried to call her that morning because we would talk on the phone every day and i couldn't reach her and i was worried but nothing like that you know not thinking anything like this had happened you know i just I just got 
not a good feeling in my gut. And um, he walked in the door. He was not home. He was at actually at his, he had his own little business. So he was at his office and they called him and he came in and said, Jody's dead. And I just, you know, you, you just can't even cope with that. You know, I just, I immediately went numb, shock. You think that's just stuff you see on TV and, um, and he just starts saying she was shot and, um, and I just, you know, we did everything we could. We got back to Maryland that day and, um, yeah, I mean, so I was, I was literally just, you just, I, I couldn't even feel it. It was just so awful, devastating and, um, you know, I came back home to my parents and all of our relatives and, um, and I was really, I've, I've always kind of been a caretaker. I was really worried about my parents and, um, you know, it was just, it was just awful. I mean, for years I was, I was just, I mean, still, I mean, it's just, um, it's, it's just, you, you, you never, I mean, you, you, you move on, but it's, you know, still there. I mean, it's just, it's your life is just like part of me died, you know? And, um, I do have a question for you, Jenny. Um, yes. Just, I like to profile things and people in cases like this. And when you said that he put it in park to me, that's personal. Did she know him or do you know if there, if, he knew her maybe at the local tavern or something like that because for a killer to worry about putting her car in park and then taking something reaching over her body and taking something to me is 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 personal yes i i people have said because her window you know the the, her window was rolled down that it's possible that he knew her that they knew each other because her window was rolled down and she wouldn't have been talking to a stranger. She wouldn't have talked to somebody she didn't know. I mean, she, like I said, she was terrified, just anxious, scared of living in Baltimore. So that's what's how she would have known this person or if somebody she knew knew this person that she felt comfortable. Right. Comfortable enough to maybe have a little conversation before it started because I have, I suffer from anxiety. So just to start up a conversation with a stranger wouldn't be that simple. You know, it would have to have been something that's already casually been done before, or Uh I've known them, you know, just like from a local tavern or, you know, whatnot. So to me, for him to put the car in park like that, it seemed really personal. So, yes, that's a good point. I mean, that's what they've said is they believe that, that, that she must've known him. Um, what I guess is your gut instinct or do you have just one set gut instinct? And I, I want to back up a little bit and just let you know too, that this, your case is definitely, or your sister's case, I, I, I should say is definitely close to my heart because I actually have identical twin girls too. Uh, and so, yeah, when you spoke about how they're referred, how you were referred as kids and it just really, you know, being a parent of, of twins, I, I see exactly what you're saying in my own my own daughters so Uh, it it definitely you know strikes a chord with me um yeah but um I guess what what is your gut feeling or what do you think you know you are I know you don't maybe know the answers either as we all know but what's your gut instinct tell you or what do you feel 
You know, it, I have gone through so many different, for years, different thoughts, theories. I mean, even this many years later, I'm up at night thinking, and um, I, I, I've changed. I mean, because I, I, I'm also persuaded by so many people that reach out to me that have their theories. They're like, that was a hit. Um, she was buying drugs. She was, I mean... Uh, and and she and I and that was the part that I didn't get into we struggled when we were growing up um, with some addiction as well as my father and I mean more like alcohol um, you know but we did experiment a little bit with drugs so I mean that was like definitely a theory that's been out there was she buying drugs or there was no drugs in her system did I, I don't rule any theory out was she you know she was very much struggling with her drinking did she and her boyfriend get into a fight and she just felt, you know, when you feel like it's the end of the world and she's devastated, maybe I'll just go do something. It, you know, I've thought, but, but, that, but it's also at that bar, it was known for drugs. I mean, I mean like that you could mm -hmm. get drugs back then. Not right. that it was, I mean, it was a nice place, but you know, it was so for her, if she was going to buy drugs, I'm just going down one of my theories that sure. I you know, yeah. go in circles about if she was going to buy drugs and she was so scared, why would she not get it from somebody in the bar? Why would she go into a dark parking lot in the middle of the night and meet some stranger or, you know, meet somebody that somebody's going to send somebody? That whole part is just so that kind of theory, you know, is and, and if she had been doing drugs they would have been in our system. Um, so that that's hard. You know, I, I keep going back to in my mind that it's somebody maybe that wanted to, uh, what's the word, coming after a, a female, you know, like maybe trying to rape her or something. It's that type of thing. Maybe, try, you know, sees this blonde woman sitting in the car mm -hmm. But then that goes back. Then is, the problem is, and then, then then you start thinking about it. Then then it's like, well, then she wouldn't have known him. Then her window wasn't rolled down. Does that right. make sense? Right. So yeah. It's like I just go back and forth and back and forth, and then I go, you know, for years people say, you know, the police are covering stuff up. They're hiding something. They're hiding somebody. So then I get on that kick. You know, it it just it, it's really hard. I mean, I I, I guess and to answer your question, it's hard to just stick with one theory and then to think that it was random and uh, you know if it was random she wouldn't be talking to this person and why did he follow her if he wanted to rob her why didn't he just put the gun up to the window and say give me your purse why make this big scene in front of people around with you know the Boston Market and the 24-hour giant do you see what I'm saying yeah that makes sense and originally when we when we first talked about it you know, originally my, I had my own theory too, which we talked about that. I thought, okay, it sounds like a hit, but then the more we looked into it, um, you know, then it goes to more like, okay, this almost sounds like it was more of a robbery because I know there were some items taken that were not recovered. Correct. Mm, correct. Yeah. So well, it's weird because mm -hmm. they say, and Ed, so Ed brought up a really great point about the car phone. My parents had purchased her a, one of those, I guess they called them bag phones. They were way back then. So she had the phone. And I never knew. They never told me that her phone was taken. They just said something was taken out of her car. 
all, all they would ever say was something was taken out of her car and her purse was not there. So now that something is some things because I just learned when Ed and I were talking about the phone, I had no, I never knew that the phone was taken, that they confirmed that the phone was taken out of her car. So not only was that the phone and her, I, it, I would assume she had a purse with her. Yeah, you would think so. Yeah, you would think so. so. They, they've always said something. So now there's no person or car and there's no phone. But would you agree, though, if it was a robbery, why wouldn't he just gone up to her window where it was sort of more quiet and not go over to a 24-hour giant? And Yeah, yeah, and that's what perplexed me, yeah, too. As an investigator, I thought, man, that sounds more like a hit just because he wanted to make sure she was dead. Well, let me say Rather this. Then you would think somebody robbing you would, would think, uh-oh, and just you know flee and leave the scene after they knew, oh, crap, she's taken off. Uh, I got to get out of here. Instead, this person, from a profiling standpoint, very confident, um, probably has has committed a, a crime prior, if not a murder. Um, you know, so it, it really speaks a lot about that type of an individual uh, to have that tenacity to wait for a car to pull out of the drive or to drive around when you know you've already shot a person and to make sure that they die. And then go over and take take things. That's that's very uh, bold. Okay, right. let me let me right. say this. Let me say this. On now, from as a former criminal, you can I can I, even if I'm in Indianapolis or wherever I go, I can walk up to somebody sitting in the car and said, "Hey, can I get directions to somewhere?" And that I will get their full attention. Now, um, and this commonly happens with people. So you don't know who's walking up on you or what they or what he said to get her attention. Now, I'm assuming uh, after reviewing the evidence that whatever he said, he got her attention. And when she saw the gun or he said, give me the phone, she attempted to drive off. And that's why he shot in shot her in the back of the car, because if it would have been a hit. He'd have walked up and just shot her in the head. Right, exactly. Good point. Very good point. And having anxiety, that would make sense with that. Because mm-hmm. if she got anxious, her gut instinct would say, get me out of here. That's exactly. what I would she'd say. Hit exactly. the, yeah. She'd hit the yeah. gas. So that's a great point. Yeah, exactly. Um, following on from Jackie saying that it could be personal. And obviously Jenny saying about the phone logs that night. Is it a possibility that... He had phoned her beforehand and he'd shot her and then collected the evidence of the phone call? Or have they looked into everyone that phoned that night? Everyone that she spoke to. So, I mean, I have a problem with the investigation and I have done a lot of my own over the years and seen... I'm not here to criticize, but it's it's been a lot of frustrating uh, things that my family has seen that leads that haven't been followed up on. You know, I've met some people where they've told me they've interviewed that they hadn't. Um, so, so as far as what they have done and what they haven't done, it's really hard to, you know, they tell me that they've done some things, you know, I, I, there was yeah. somebody, so it, it, it's hard to say, you know, I, I know that they just yeah. recently, one of the phone calls that she made, um, they just recently got information because I've been pressuring them for years 
to follow up on something and um, they did it 23 years later and found out new information that should have been several persons of interest and there's one you know when I asked the detectives the detective the same detective has been on the case since day one did you you know this was years ago did you interview this person of interest because I'm not supposed to say suspect and he says I can't recall if I interview if I talk to him or not so my confidence level I mean there's just been lots of you know scenarios like that and it's just it's maddening because I truly feel that her case could be solved and I feel that we're just like I said and that's why we got to the point where we wanted to follow the lawsuit get the record several years ago I mean we'd go in there and meet with them and they're like yeah we're, we're, we're kind of you know there's nothing we can do which her case is just sitting in a closet but then all of a sudden I yeah. filed this lawsuit and they're like oh it's an open investigation so which yes. is it and you and I spoke briefly so the lead detective had been told by a prostitute um, oh. about an allegation. Are Correct. you able to talk about that? Um, I don't know. Maybe ask the investigator. Okay. I don't know. No, I, mean, I can't say names, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely, yeah. Um, yeah, and that theory was never that. I mean, not theory. That actually happened, and and it was not followed up on. I mean, the description was pretty spot on, wasn't it? About yes, absolutely. The vehicle absolutely. description matched. And yeah, so I yeah. found that a bit. It, and then I have reporters, because I've done interviews for a long time everywhere, and say, it, it, this just always sticks in my head. It, it, it's almost like, this is quote, they don't want to solve her case. And that goes back to my head, too. Like, yeah. Um. So it's it's just very frustrating on our side. You know, my my father, I told I was talking about, was a prosecutor for drug and violent crime, and that was another theory that they had looked at early on. And um, he, uh, you know, was the one because I was just so, I just couldn't cope for a lot of years, and he was the one that would talk with the police. And remember, I'm this shy person still. And and he was a Southern gentleman. He would never, I mean, he worked with police all over. He would never be, doubt them or, um, what's the word, um, go up against them or anything. I mean, I'm the one that's uh, come out and been saying, hey, what's going on here? Um, but, you know, my father got cancer and he died and it was just another horrible time um so it, it was i sort of just after he died i i just really got involved with jody's case and just really got stronger and and i i, I was just like i'm i'm done i'm done waiting and and that's how i became so active because i wanted to i want answers you know and it, and i just feel there's no getting through to the police you know we had the lawsuit and now you know that was over a couple years ago we couldn't get the records my family put in my mom and i put in over twenty thousand dollars in legal fees the way that they've treated us i mean i had the police lawyers slam their slam the door in my face and scream at me when i was asking questions i mean the treatment has been horrible the state's attorney it's I feel like I'm a criminal too. That's what I feel like. And, 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 and to lose Jody, I mean, and I have suffered with incredible depression and anxiety and 
wanting to to die. I mean, I have had horrible, horrible, horrible times, and then yeah. with the loss of her, and then having to go through the, the treatment that we've received has been horrible. I mean, my mother's almost eighty now, and um, it's really hard. And I, I, I get I get very angry, and I, I have to sort of direct. I get angry, I get sad, it's caused massive problems in my marriage, my family, because I've, I've just been so focused and driven and put every part of my body and soul, like heart, everything, doing everything I can with the lawsuit and doing interviews, and I mean, I just have done this yeah, for so long. You've been a wonderful advocate for your system. Oh, thank sure. you. Thank you. And and um, and then just to feel, you know, I've met with, I've done the billboards, I've met with in the governor's office, the county executive, I've done all these things and everybody says, oh, we're going to help you. And then there's nothing. Okay. No, it's like people meet with me. They say, oh yeah, we met with her. We're going to help her. You know, the, the governor's office told the, me- yeah. the media, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to help her. So they make a phone call. And my husband says, here's how this probably goes. They say, yeah, we're going to help you. They call the police and the police say, yeah, this woman's batshit crazy. Just, we got it. Yeah, about me. But, which I'm not. I mean, I just, I, my, right. my twin sister was murdered and I want to know what happened. And, and I feel like her case could be solved. And I feel like that we should be treated so much better than we've been treated. And and now I can't even talk to them because I had the lawsuit. And, and it's crazy. They, it's I mean, the whole thing is just ridiculous that my twin sister was murdered and that I'm having to go through not only grieving her over the years, but then having to have to deal with this on top of that. Does that make sense? Yes. And Jenny, yeah. I, yes. Completely. I want to say, um, in my opinion, and I believe the team, Crime Pursuit team as well, this case is solvable. There is too much yes. evidence. Yes. There is too much yes. witnesses. Oh, yeah. There is oh, yeah. too much here. There's too much to this case for it not to be solvable. So why it has not been solved by now is just mind blown to me. Yes. Yes. And Agreed. we didn't even talk about they have several videos. They have several videos that they say they can enhance from that night. They say they can enhance. So they can put men on the moon and do everything else they can do, but they can't enhance a video. <laughs> Did wow. they get any DNA from the car? Uh, no. So so that's they have they have her clothes and that's something that came up in in the spring is i was doing an interview with nbc lester holt and i had atlanta um, cheryl mccullum she's with the atlanta atlanta investigative cold case research institute of atlanta that's what it's called and so she came up and they did a reenactment of the crime scene and and from that it turns out there's some there's some new DNA testing that can be done on her clothes because they feel when they did the reenactment that he touched her when he reached in over her body, mm-hmm. and the, and so they've told me that they have her clothes, and uh, but they refuse to do any DNA testing now. They say, oh, they bring up the see. I have pro bono. How I get information now is I have pro bono lawyers right now that are helping me. And so I have to go through them to talk to the police. But, you know, I, I and I have things that I want to bring up with them. And they're like, oh, well, um, you know, we don't want to overwhelm them. And, and I get that they have other cases, but there's just, there's things, like I said, I, I've gone, I've done things 
that I shouldn't have done. I mean, I've been writing to a prisoner. I've gone to talk to people. I've put myself in major situations that probably aren't good. I mean, that's desperate. Right. And, right. and so um, they say, well, we can't do that. We're not going to do the DNA testing because of the, the Brady disclosure laws. So I'm like, so, so they'll, so they don't do DNA testing anymore because they might, they, he's like, you, you know, there was, the detective apparently there was six response first responders so i'm like well obviously they didn't kill her but you know you have persons of interest like it, it just it doesn't make sense to me right does that is any of that make sense to you that that does make sense and i yeah i wonder from a dna standpoint i guess because there were first responders and again i'm speculating but just because of a dna standpoint you know they could say well if we do test it and we get dna back there's going to be probably multiple uh dna specimens on there and then that could potentially i guess blow the case if they ever do get a, a suspect a defense attorney could say well there's six other dna's on here um right. there's a reasonable doubt that's the only argument i guess i could see from an investigative standpoint and also because this was in the 90s I doubt they took the proper steps to preserve it properly, and I hate to say that. That's what uh, I was going to say. The, the methods were not in place that they are today. Do you think um, that there was there fingerprints taken at all inside of the cars? He put the car in park. They did lift some. They did lift some fingerprints. Yes. Okay. And we and that, didn't even fingerprints see the crime would be helpful. Scene. Sorry. Yes. We didn't mm -hmm. even see the crime scene photos for twenty years. The first time that we saw them. They released them to People magazine. We never even saw them. That's horrible. I mean, the way that they've done things is unbelievable. We got her car. Like, they gave her car back right away to my parents, and, and my parents did not want to have the car. I mean, it was just too upsetting. And so they left the fingerprinting kit in the car. I mean, it's just. Yeah, it's like it sounds like it was jumbled. It, it was jumbled. Yeah. I mean, yeah. every time we turn around, there's something. I mean, and there, like I said, I've, I've told you guys that I've done a lot of my own investigation. And there's things, you know, when I was talking to the detectives, just things that are like, you know, you got to follow up on this. And, and I mean, from things they would tell me, too, you know, one of the persons of interest, the ex-wife, you know, I, like she was trickling back, giving information. And then I'd say, you know you need to go, you, you should go talk to her again. Like, cause he had met with her way back when. And cause she came back and said she had been dishonest about some things. And he says, Oh, she doesn't like me anymore. Uh, I mean, this was like seven years ago. And so wow. I've been trying to get him. So I'm like, okay, so you leave my sister's murder unsolved because she doesn't like you. Like, I mean, it's just, it's just stuff like that. That is in happening, you know, like, things that they've told me they're going to do. And I'm like, well, when are you going to do this? When are you going to do, oh yeah, we're going to get to that. Right. And like I said, I realize that they have other cases, but if it's things like this and, um, you know, she died on the city County line. And so the County took her case, but several years ago, the chief of police for Baltimore city, where the murder rate is through the roof, sent me a handwritten letter and said that his department stands by that they wanted to help in any way they could in Jody's case. And Baltimore County told him to butt out. Wow. wow. That is crazy. Yeah. Okay. You said they lifted fingerprints off the car, right? Correct. Was that inside the car? What, did, did you ever find out where they lifted the fingerprints? 
They never told me. They never told me. Okay. But they but they did leave fingerprints that didn't belong to your sister. I mean, because if he reached in and put the car in park. Yes. That would leave a set of prints. Yes. Oh. Yes. Okay. So but did you. Never, and that's what I assumed is that it was from the gear, the gear shift. Or was that what they call it? The gear shift. Okay. Well, if but that, the witnesses were pretty close to see that, correct? To see him put her car in park. Well, I don't know. I'm thinking, okay, when I first heard this, I'm like, why would he put her car in park? If she's already stopped, then the car is stopped. Right. So why would he put it in park? I'm thinking the only reason he leaned in there was to get the phone in the purse. That was always my thought. You know, I, I just didn't get it because why would he take time to, to put the car in park? That didn't make sense to me. Me neither. Yeah, that didn't make sense. Very so, odd. So if he did, if he did do what they, what we, what, I don't know who speculated that, but I know I didn't. But if that's the case, then they would have a set of prints. And I can assure you, this case took place in 1996. Now, I'm telling you as a former criminal, you don't commit one crime and then say, oh, hey, I'm done. I'm not doing that no more. You're going to do something else, especially if you're a murderer. Yep. Okay. Yes. So I'm yes. sure he has been arrested, incarcerated at, at some time between before '96, or I guarantee after 1996. And I think guarantee you guarantee that. Yeah, I yeah, think I you need to contact that. your lawyers about that. At yes. least have them. At least have them run the prints through the database again, because even now it's been updated even more than five years ago or two years ago. Um, so. It's always a good idea to rerun stuff. Um, I know it can be timely. Um, and again, it almost sounds like this case would be better off being a quote unquote cold case because then you would have more access to files and having private investigators being allowed to see the file um, with all of the evidence. Um, the fact that they re they've kept it open now, unfortunately, that limits uh, the public and it limits, you know, from an evidential standpoint. Well, they told us that it was a cold case, cold case, that there was no, I mean, it was in the cold case unit, but it was. Right. See, that's what I thought. Were, it was a cold yeah, case. And that it was sitting in a closet. But then it got reopened, correct? Because you. When I asked for the Exactly. Records. So now it's technically open. And so now they're, they're not going to give up anything. But why would they do that? Why would they not? To keep like, possession of it, probably to keep possession of it, um, you know, and if. You know, it, there could be politics and there could be many things involved. Again, it's speculation, but to, to keep possession of that material, because once it goes cold, then that that allows other people to access it by law. So, OK, they don't want us to see anything. Potentially. Again, I'm speculating, but it, it sounds like they want possession of that. They want to keep it within their department. Yes. But why they don't want extra help is odd to me. Well, yeah, I mean, that's always the, the struggle is you want to you want to think that it's always about the victim and they, that that justice is to be served. But, you know, sometimes it's about getting the case solved and getting the notoriety. And again, I'm not saying that's why they're doing it. So definitely, you know, that's not at all what I'm saying. But there can be so many factors involved with it. Or maybe you do have a detective that's like, hey, I, I want to work this case. I'm working it. I said, I am obviously not, I am a very flawed person. So for me, I, I don't want to come across critical. But when you say, you know, he, 
possibly he wants to really work the case and and it just just the frustration i've seen over the years of things that hasn't been done hasn't been followed up on saying he's going to do something i mean i remember sitting in a room with him and saying you know he's going to go talk to this person that's down in prison a person of interest and or i was saying when are you going to do this because you've been telling me for months and months and months and he looks at me slapping his gum and says well there's a great crab cake and chicken restaurant down there that i've been wanting to try so i'll make my oh wow Wow, that's so like talking about the person that going to you know solve my sister's murder. He wants to go get a crab cake. That's disrespectful. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. that's horrible. So, and then just yeah, I mean it it goes on and on. So, and and I've said like I said I I'm not like I I I don't want to come across as criticizing. It's frustration, you know, and and you know I've said why can't we get a fresh pair of eyes on the case? That's you know right. What we've learned. Like that's well, what's what, needed. That's what's yeah. needed. That's what it sounds it, like. It needs fresh pair of eyes. Fresh pair of eyes. Why it's they can it's access this stuff with him. Yeah, there's it, evidence. It's just a, a little bit suspicious to me. You know, it is interesting. We also have a hundred thousand dollar reward, which I think wow. Yeah, it is strikes me as odd that I mean, there's just a lot, you know, and the tips go directly to them. So I don't know. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, so let me ask you, uh, Jenny. It's been 23 years. Where do you go from here? I mean, just from a lot of times, I have to pick myself up and and keep moving because I, I I I just. I mean, I've really suffered tremendously, and um, you know, I have a family, kids, and um, I, I mean, I get very low, and I just, where do I go? I, I get down on my knees every morning and and keep moving, and and just, you know, I, 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 I it's really hard. I mean, the my the the support, you know, people like you reaching out to me, and and helping and sharing her story has has like really carried me through i mean it it is just it has just broken me i mean i have i've really fallen apart you know i'm trying to keep my marriage together because it it just this became he's like don't let the bullet that took her see i'm gonna i'm getting emotional oh you're fine Um, it's okay take your time it's all right sorry don't apologize (laughs) this is your time um, he said, don't let the bullet that took her take you. And um, I've just gotten to the point over these years where I didn't care. Like, I was like, I don't care if I die. Like, I'd be driving down, like, a two-lane road, and I was like, somebody please hit me. Because I was like, I can't take it anymore, you know? And I have three children, and, um, you know, it's awful. And I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to get help. I mean, I feel like I, I blocked out her death for so long because I couldn't deal with it you know and um I mean I didn't even have a wedding I didn't want to have a wedding because I was so sad I my husband and I eloped and then my father got sick and I took care of him for a lot of years and then he died and it's so it's just I just feel like I'm living my life like going through the motions and just like I I don't it's like it's hard to feel anything you know and it's like I just keep like moving and that's what I'm saying like people like you like really helped me and um you know my family and my friends and um it's just 
it's really hard. I mean, my husband and I got to a point because I did a lot this like past year with the billboards and and spending a lot of time with interviews and stuff. And he just, you know, he's been supportive, but he just got really fed up with me being mentally, physically, everything gone. Like I left the marriage and cause I was just so consumed. And so I've been like trying to put like better balance in my life. And, um, and it's just really hard because I, 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 I my mind is constantly like thinking, what am I going to do next? What am I going to do next? Like, um, because I, I'm not letting go of it. Um, but I, it's just like I'm thinking of like creative ways, like I want to do another billboard in the fall and when I can come up with the money. And um, so I, I'm just, you know, I've, I, I, I've, I've thought about, you know, I don't know how to do anything really on social media. I mean, I do stuff on social media, but I don't think I'm very effective because um, I don't really like social media. But um, I, I, I'm just trying to figure out ways to just feel like I can get hurt continue to get her story out there and hope I reach the right person and um you know people talk about doing like a YouTube thing like I thought about getting on and doing a YouTube channel and like talking but I don't even know how to do that I don't even know I know how to click on YouTube but I don't <laughs> I don't yeah. know how to do anything else you know <laughs> right I understand um, you know I just recently got on Instagram because people are like you got to be on Instagram to share about Jody and I'm like I hate Instagram why do I have to do this <laughs> so um I'm very good at like talking to people and and I've I've, I've done different i've done a few uh, i mean i've done a ton of interviews but i've done i mean anytime i can i mean yeah you're now this is coming from jenny the wimp the shy person but now i'm like this strong person like anytime well not strong but like out there fighting you know um anytime i can get her story out there i've, I've done some things I've, I've worked on a true crime show this spring that's going to come out in the fall and and i've worked you know i've done like a doc i actually did a documentary for france um, which was pretty cool. They're very fascinated with the true crime. So, um, okay. yeah, so I just, whatever, whoever will share her story. So my next thing is billboard and, and, um, and I thought about writing a book. So that's my next thing. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, um, we're not going to forget this story. We're not going to forget this case. Uh, you and me, uh, the team as well will remain in contact because, I think this case is definitely, like Jas Jackie said, is definitely uh, solvable. Yes, indeed. Definite. So, yes. You know, we will st remain in contact with you. We really will. And I appreciate you, that. You, you hang in there. You need to. You need to stay alive. You yes. need to remain strong. You are Keep, her voice. You're your yep. sister's voice. You know. You are her voice. You're keeping her spirit alive and, and so just know that your your life matters and be proud of yourself oh because you've came it a long way it absolutely does yeah so thank you so don't 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 think about you know killing yourself or hurting yourself anything no. like that you have us to reach out even though we are busy uh, every time you have reached out, me and you have been talking for a month now. You're amazing. You're always there for me. Yes. Yeah, so we're always and, here. So yeah. don't ever hesitate. Yeah, you still got what, page. What, you still got page. Yes. What's one thing you would like to say? Because the killer is out there, either in jail, incarcerated, in prison, someplace. I guess now's your time too. Is what would you like to say to the person who who lives with this, who who we know is living with this? What What do you want to say? 
gosh, you know, I've, I've, I've been asked that one time before and I was, I was, I was speechless because I thought, you know, I really, I, it, this is crazy, but I, I want to meet this. I want to see, I want to meet this person face to face and I don't know what I would say, but I would, um, I would pray about it before I did. And, you know, um, I, I don't know. Um, That's okay. That's yeah, all right. I, I, I do, but I do know that I want to meet the person. I know that just sounds so crazy, but I just, I don't know. It it's don't sound crazy. It's, it's, I don't know yeah. if it's part makes of sense. me. It makes sense Moving for closure. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. Closure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah, but, um, I mean, just, I mean, you know, I guess the biggest question is why, you know, but I think at that point we would know, you know, when, when we find the person probably would have detail about what happened. And I mean, and, you know, let him know how my life, I mean, not to say, I mean, I have very many blessings in my life, but it's been a very sad, a lot of sad times. Well, Jenny, yeah. I I think um, you know when me and you talked back in 1996, those bag phones were a hot commodity. Mm -hmm. They were, you know, they were very expensive. If you had one, it costed fifty cents a minute to use it. It would be free after nine o'clock, free on weekends. But still, it was expensive. The phone itself was very expensive, and it was it was a high target for criminals so i believe and i could be wrong but i believe being it was dark the the face of that phone the back of it it lights up some light up like a, a bright white the alpine phones would light up green so i'm assuming that that phone that was lit up when your sister she was a little intoxicated uh the person saw her on that phone and that was his opportunity hey i want that and that's what drew, that was the magnet that drew him to her. And I believe he approached her car. And whatever he said, she, that's, it's, she, you know, like you said, she was kind of scary. So yes. I'm, I'm assuming she hurried up just like any normal woman or man would do and smashed that gas pedal to try to get away. Right. And that's when he fired into the car, hitting her uh -huh. from behind. Because if he was uh -huh. there to intentionally kill her, he would have just walked up, no talking, no nothing, and would have just shot her in the head and walked away. Yes. He, if he was trying to kill her, he wouldn't have waited there at the entrance of that parking lot because there's only one way in, one way out. He saw her in right. that parking lot driving around and driving around. And so when he walked over to the car, he didn't the finisher off. He right. reached in there and grabbed the phone and the purse. So that's what don't some killers not want to see the person when they kill them though. No, I I don't look. I don't know. I ain't never killed anybody before, and I don't think anybody. The thing is, when you shoot somebody, you usually have the sense to run. Okay, now you don't stand around and wait. He was determined to get that phone because he didn't even know how much money was in her purse. Exactly. So I'm thinking right. it was the phone. He was determined to get that phone. If he wasn't determined to get that phone, he stood there and waited until she stopped. And now right. it's done been a minute or so, and he still took the risk, went over there, reached into the car, got the phone, and got the purse, 
and then left the parking lot. That's what shows it's not a hit. Exactly. Because they yeah. wouldn't have right. cared about it's the It's definitely a seasoned items. criminal. We'll say that. A seasoned yeah. yes. criminal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. And he was very yes. comfortable. So I guarantee you he didn't live too far from there. He he knew the area pretty well. Yeah, he's from the area, definitely. Yeah, and so yes. your sister was just yeah. one of these situations where Jody was at the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, Jenny, we appreciate you coming on oh, the show. Thank you guys so much. Yes, we do. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing. It's I know it's difficult. Yeah, oh, it, it is. means a lot to me. Okay, well, and Jenny. I'll, I'll stay in touch with all of you guys. Yes, yes. Thank I was just getting ready. I was just getting ready to say that, Jenny. Yeah, stay in touch I with know us. How old your twins are? I know. They are going to be eighteen this month, oh, which is crazy. Yes, and oh. so I know for you, it's. I, I see their bond, and it, it yes. is a different bond than normal siblings. That's why my heart hurts for you because I I've, I I see that in them, and I know. You know, when one's away, the other one knows it and feels it. So it just, it's probably 10 times harder for you than it is even the normal person to grieve this. Yes. So yes. Oh, my god. It gosh. really is. All right, guys. Uh, uh, we're going to get up out of here. And okay. we want justice for Jody LaCornu. So yes, we do. if you want to reach out to Jenny, you can feel free to uh, inbox Crime Pursuit Podcast Facebook page and we can patch you through to there. Also, Jackie got and some other... I have other- a justice for Jody. I have a ju- ju- I, 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 like I said, I'm not very good with computer and social media and all that stuff, but I had a friend put together a justice for Jody page and um, I'm on social media on Facebook and Instagram once in a blue moon. <laughs> yes, and okay. I can share those links on our page. Yeah, she can share those links on oh, the page. I'll share it all. Yes, yes. Okay. All right, Joe, uh, Jackie, do you have something else to put? Yes. You also, you guys can follow our cases and uh, crime pursuit on iHeartRadio, Facebook, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Alexa, TuneIn, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, YouTube, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Instagram. And you can go to the website, www.crimepursuitpodcast.com. We're getting it remodeled right now. But it will be back up and running here real soon. All right. We're going to get up out of here. We'll see you next week with a new pursuit. Goodbye. Thank you, guys.